Hello, Black Women Amplified family. It is your girl, Monica Wisdom, and I am so excited to be with you today. You know the routine. Press subscribe. If you are new to the show, welcome. If you've been rocking with me since the beginning, thank you. And if you've been just hanging around for the last couple of months, couple of weeks, couple of days, welcome, welcome, welcome. Everybody is welcome here, and I'm so grateful that you took the time to press play and to listen to the Black Women Amplified podcast. Today, we're going to have a conversation about the power of the word no. But listen, before we get into that, I have redesigned, still in the middle of it, but you can take a peek, redesigned the Black Women Amplified Facebook page because changing the mission a little bit, you know, I'm always changing and improving and evolving. What I realized is we are really catching wind overseas. The second largest group of people listen to this show, listen, listen in Belgium. I was like, Belgium, I've been to Belgium. Okay, shout out to Belgium. And I'm so excited if you're listening from there. Hello, I'm waving to you. Welcome, welcome, welcome. United States, of course, is the largest listenership. So, all right, my sister girls from the States, I appreciate y'all being here. And some men, we do have a, you know, I've been looking at the numbers, 10% of men, 10% of our listeners are men. So shout out to the fellas. Thank you for being supportive. Thank you for listening to the conversations. And to everyone from, from my full heart, I am so grateful that you join me every week in these conversations. And even when I take a break, you still listen. Um... It has been a very powerful experience for me. I'm so grateful to my aunt and uncle supporting me the way that they do. I'm grateful for everyone that says yes to a conversation. I'm grateful to the publicists that reach out and want me to interview their people all the way from New York and HarperCollins and different organizations are like, we'd like you to speak to our people. We want them to be on your show. So that, this is a lot. And that's, um, very touching to me, and um, I'm very grateful for those opportunities. Um, And to each of you, again, thank you. So today, we're going to talk about the power of no. This is not the show that was supposed to happen this week. Um, Something happened with my editor, and he's behind schedule. So I was like, and I found out today, um, normally I would have gotten an episode back a couple of days ago and had the time to prep everything and do all the things I needed to do on my end. Um, but I said, well, one monkey don't stop no show. That's what my daddy said. So I picked up my microphone, wrote out some notes and God downloaded a topic <laughs> and to talk about this. So this is what I'm going to talk about. So you ready? The power of no, I was watching the Sherry Shepherd show today, um, just a little clip, and she asked her guests, she was interviewing Niecy Natch Betts, let me get all that together, um, about her new movie, Origin, and they are best friends, they're like best, best, like real life best friends. They were have been friends for 30 years when neither one of them had anything. She said they used to talk about their dreams together, and they both have built these huge careers. Um, so that pe- speaks to the power of speaking your dreams out loud and sharing it with people. I know everybody's like, keep everything silent. 
But sometimes, you know, you never know who's listening and you never know who um, takes you to your next step. I did a, a conversation with, um, oh my God, I've done several interviews, but I was talking to, oh, Ivy Parks. She uh, is the costume supervisor for the movie, The Color Purple. And I had the pleasure of interviewing her um, a couple of weeks ago and the interview came out last week. And in talking about her journey, I was asking her, she started off in Broadway and the daughter of Broadway icons, uh, mother was a costume designer, father was a um, Alvin Ailey dancer. He was one of the original dancers in the movie, The Wiz. So just her, his, her whole background. If you haven't listened to that podcast episode, I invite you to please listen to it. It is a treat. You know, I get excited when I'm talking to people, so I get real hyped. And every time she says something, I was like, girl, sometimes, you know, I forget that I'm interviewing people sometimes and I just get so engrossed in what they're saying. I'm just like, okay, let me get back to myself. And so anyway, you hear all the treats when you listen to it. But point being is she told a story and I'm going to repeat it to this because of what I just said, but it has nothing to do with the topic, but apparently I'm supposed to talk about it. So speaking your dreams out loud, Sherry and her best friend, Nisi spoke their dreams out loud to each other. And it, it came to life. One of them has the top talk show and the other one is appearing in yet another astonishing project origin that comes out pretty soon. Um, and she, she does incredible work. And she's a fellow St. Louis girl. Got to shout out Malou. So she um, is talking, talk, they're talking, and Sherry's like, you're always so busy. And sometimes she has projects that are on two different coasts. So she has to work out her schedule, and she's always back and forth. And so Sherry asked the question, which I thought was an amazing question. Um, and I never heard it put this way. So it sparked a whole conversation with me to share with you all. I wrote it all down. So I'll be reading for my notes, not fancy. I'm just going to tell you all the truth. You know, I keep it real. But she asked the question, when do you fit in the no? I was like, when do you fit in the no? That's a great way to ask that question. And, um, that's a great question because the power of no. Then I had a, a friend of mine who did a podcast interview um, and he was talking about the same thing. So when I heard this, the same question within an hour of each other, it was a clip on his social media and he was doing an, a podcast interview with a, a men's health podcast, I guess. And he was talking about the power of no, how the power of no um, should be a priority for people because saying no to someone else means that you make time, means that you're making time for yourself. And I always say that no, um, saying no is a superpower, right? Because I think when you say no to other people, you can say yes to yourself. What does that look like, Monica? And where, where are you going with all this? Listen, she asked her and Nisi's response was, I don't say no. I just try and make the, the yes work out. 
and you could just see tears in her eyes from the exhaustion, right? Because truthfully, I don't know what the timing of was the show, but I saw her in California at the Color Purple, um, the Cup Color Purple official movie launch, for lack of better terms. I can't even get my words together right now. But and then she was in New York for first thing in the morning to be in a talk show to promote her movie origin so you're on at one night you're in california which means you got to catch the red eye to make a morning show in new york and then you're still working <laughs> then you have to go to the next show and the next show and the next show that's the life of an entertainer but let's talk about regular life people like you and me who have who at times in life have busy schedules but here's the other piece it's important that you understand the impact of saying yes to everybody has on you. Um, there have been times when I've been so tired, it felt like uh, my, body, my body was just like going to disintegrate. <laughs> you know, you like, your muscles get tight and you get tense and you're, and you're so tired you cannot go to sleep and you just cry because you're so exhausted and because you're so exhausted you're really not at your peak you are not at your peak I remember Adriana Huffington wrote a book I think it was called Thrive and she wrote it I think around the time when she sold the Huffington Post because she couldn't do it anymore because she literally was at her desk and fell off of her desk, she fell out of her chair because she fell asleep and she hit her head on the side of the desk and it busted her head open. So she said she woke up in a pool of blood. And after that, she knew I have to make a change. And this was before, because I remember that's when she started talking about sleep and she wrote a book about it and she uh, recalibrated her whole business around sleeping. And she even put nap pods inside of the office. So if a person needed to take a nap, there was like this fancy pod that they can go sleep in. I was like, how Jetson space age is that? <laughs> but how cool is it that you have a boss that says, we're going to prioritize your health. So she was, you know, that life work balance. She was at the forefront of that and not talking about it, but actually doing something about it. But here's the thing about yes and no. We have to be clear what our yes is about and we have to be clear of what our no is about because sometimes we say no because we're scared. There's been times in my life where I have said no to somebody and it seemed like a powerful move, but it was really because I was scared of the opportunity because of my self-worth issues, right? Um, and sometimes we say yes because we're people pleasing. We don't know how to say no. And because of that, um, we lack clarity in our decisions. And then the more we say yes to people and pile more and more things up on our plate, our mind is saying yes, our mouth is saying yes, our heart is like, oh, and our body is like, girl, I'm just going to lay down. <laughs> And we're just trying to get through and push ourselves 
um, to the place where we can just get to the next moment, right? I remember there was a time when I was so exhausted and um, it was probably about, it was, I don't know when, it was years ago now, but it was, um, I remember coming home from Florida from the holidays and my brother and I were supposed to watch a movie together. He was living with me at the time. Um, he moved in with me. Uh, it doesn't matter. I can't remember days and dates. It was so long ago. But he moved in with me and we came home from Florida and I was like, he wanted to watch a movie. Um, but my friends called and I hadn't seen my friends in a couple of weeks. And at that time, child, I was the social butterfly. I was at everything. Everything, everything, everything. And um, so he said, well, she's going to go out. I'm going to go out. And he had, uh, it was raining that night. I remember it was t horrible rains. I'm not going to get into the whole story because that's, that's another whole other conversation. But he had a really bad car accident. And I was surprised. Everybody was surprised that he lived. He ended up breaking bones from his chest all the way down to his feet. Um, and they had to pry him out of the car with a, uh, what do you call it? The, the jaws of life. Because anyway, they had to pry him out of the car, took him to the hospital. I didn't know where he was. And then the hospital called hours later. Um, and how I found out was, uh, he was also, he was a kidney patient. So the dialysis center, the dialysis center had called and asked me, was he at home? So I went to his room. He wasn't there. And I was like, cause I didn't expect him to be there because he would le normally leave before I woke up. He wasn't there and I ended up having to call the police. I didn't mean to tell this whole story, but since I'm here and, um, anyway, so that left us on a journey of making sure he was okay. Because at, from that point on, he needed 24 hour care and, because he couldn't come home because he needed 24-hour care, it was me being there as much as I could. Um, so he became my priority, period. No regrets. Um, love being there for him. He's always been there for me. Love being there for him. And because of that car accident and being a kidney patient, the healing process was super slow. There was so many complications. So much of my life... I went three places. I went home, I went to the hospital, and I went to work. That was my life for five years. Um, and, and to the nursing care center that he lived in um, because he needed 24-hour care. And here's the thing. Because I'm not his wife, the information was slow to get to me. And it was a point where I would get up at 4 in the morning wake up at 3.34 in the morning because the doctors make their rounds early, early in the morning in the hospitals before they go to their office or do their surgeries or whatever. So you have to catch them. So the only way I could catch them was if I was sitting in his room when they walked in. And so my method was I would get up in the morning, early in the morning, drive to the hospital, whichever one he was in. I think he visited all of them. I was there so much they thought I worked there. They started the nurses started asking me, girl, what shift do you work on? I was like, I don't work here. <laughs> but I was there just that's how much I was there. So anyway, depending on what his issue was, he was at different places, blah, blah, blah. So I would get there, have a have to catch the doctors in the morning. 
Then I would drive back home, get dressed, go to work, work a full day, and then go back and see him. That was my life. When people said, where you been? <laughs> living, living the life I'm living right now. <laughs> so um, it came to a point where um, my, I had to cut my social life off. I had to cut off all of my freelance work. Um, at this time, I was also doing work with a record label. I was working with a magazine and doing, you know, and helping my friends. You know how we say, yeah, our friends are like, can you help me with this? Sure. Can you help me with that? Sure. So I was constantly working with them and, you know, working a full-time job, living my life because I loved everything I was doing. Um, we'll have to have another conversation about that. All I'm going to say about that is get, your, get some money from helping folk, ask them for a dollar. They won't ask you no more. But anyway, sidebar, back to the story. So what I had to do because I was so tired, you know, that kind of tired, like I said, you get so tired, you just want to cry. Every day you just want to cry. And it was already enough to deal with. I already had enough to cry about. I didn't need the, the extra. So what I had to do was, okay, something had to change. And the only thing that could change is the way that the doctors communicated with me. So I had to call the administrators and say, listen, these people are not communicating with me. And he couldn't talk. Um, during part of the whole process, he lost his ability to talk because he'd had a stroke. Another story. Um, but because he couldn't talk, I had to be there to speak for him. And there was nobody that was helping me. So it was me and him, and we were on the road. Let me say this. Nobody in town that was helping me at all. So... And that, you know, whatever, it is what it is. But I had to, I didn't have to, I chose, it was my choice. But I had to find a better way so that I didn't have to get up at four in the morning, drive across town, drive back, and then go to work. A phone call would have sufficed. So I made an agreement with the doctors. I said, listen, just call me. I will have my phone on. I will wake up. Tell me what time. So that, that's what happened. They would call me, and I didn't have to drive across town, and they gave me the information that I needed. And I had to go higher, higher, because me not being his wife, being his sister, they were like HIPAA laws. I was like, F them HIPAA laws. You're going to tell me what's going on with my brother. And y'all know who I am. I keeps it real. And that's back, back then when I was the pop-off queen. My finger is going right now. If you could see me, my finger is popping off right now. And I let them know it's important that you communicate with me so that I can help make the best decision for him, whatever the situation was. And that life was for me for five years until he passed away. But I'm grateful that I can be there for him. But what it showed me was how exhaustion can really impact us. So it was really um, interesting that it really taught me the power of understanding your values, your boundaries, and your priorities. Because at that time, if I had said, I'm going to do this and all the other things that I was doing, I don't think I'd have made it. You know what I'm saying? I don't think I would have been able to put that on top of everything that I was doing. So my priority became him. My values became family and my boundaries became, this is my life right now. 
And unless you're involved in this, then I, you know, you're on the outside. And I know it hurt some people because I wasn't there like I was before, but either you walk with me in on this path or we're just going to part ways. And it was hard <laughs> because I liked all the things. I liked all the things. I liked working with people. I loved, I loved, uh, one of my passions was helping people develop their ideas. I love brainstorming and all of those different things. Like it's just, that's something that's super innate to me. And that's what, also why I love teaching. Um, cause I love to see people, I love to see people open up their minds and, um, see new possibilities for themselves. But here's the thing. Historically women as women, thank you for listening to the story about my brother. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm absolutely fine. He's, he's, he's gone on to his next adventure and, um, you know, it is what it is. Life, life be lifing. And I'm grateful for the time that we had together. Uh, I'm grateful that God blessed me with him for the time that we were together. He was a remarkable man, but, um, getting back to the, to the conversation of no, here's the thing. People always want to say we're people pleasing. But I have a little bit of different perspective about that. I think that we say yes to people because we don't know any better. Not meaning that we don't know any better intellectually, but I think physically it's our, it's our default, right? Why? Because historically, historically, we were either a servant, a property, or possession, right? We were either a, somebody's wife somebody's slave or somebody's servant. And that automatically puts you in the mindset of putting others first. It's just how it was. You know, when, when, uh, we were raised by women who were housewives or they were, you know, my mom was a teacher, but she was the generation before that the women were wives, um, around them. So, I don't know. Folks in my family had jobs. I think I had a little bit of a different family. But people were housewives. And when, you know, in society, when a woman, um, she could either be married or she could work. And it's always, even some people now have, I can't wait for a man to take care of me, which is fine if that's what you choose to do. But there was a time in society where, where that is all that you could do. And because of that, I think that that put an imprint inside of our body, a, a program inside of our body that we automatically say yes. And so how do we shift that? How do we shift so that we make a clear yes and a clear no? That our no is a not, not about fears. It's about a clear yes to yourself or that your yes is a clear yes to yourself, Right. So that all of your yeses are yeses based off of your priorities, your boundaries, and your values. The key is to really take some time to get your, to know yourself so that you can see what it actually is. You know, it's like, um, it's like the matrix, right? Um, do you remember in the matrix? <laughs> And he discovered his powers to stop the bullets. 
it's like his ability to see the world shifted and you started seeing all of that green, the green lights. When you get clear about who you are, your values, your priorities, and your boundaries, saying no is really clear and saying yes is really clear. But if you're saying no to something and you have a feeling about it, like you either feel guilty or shameful, and if you're saying yes and you regret it, then it's not clear. It's really muddy. It's really muddy. And when it's a muddy yes or a muddy no, that is the path to being exhausted. That is the path to not prioritizing yourself. I mean, think about it. You have dreams, desires, and aspirations. When you are constantly saying yes to other people, that means the time that you would spend on your dreams, desires, and aspirations has diminished. And your those become one day. What if other, the dreams and aspirations and of other people became one day or when I have time instead of your own? So it's like we have to shift our perspective, right? And really say, I'm going to put me first. I'm going to be selfish. I'm going to say no. Because me saying no to you frees up time for me to say yes to myself. And whatever you have to restructure to make that happen, then you have to take some time to sit down and look at your life, right? You have to look at your life, many aspects of your life. Many times we only look at our lives at the, when the beginning of the year happens. You're just like, I have all these goals, da, 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 da. But how can you accomplish your goals if you haven't let go of some things, if you haven't forgiven some things, if you haven't made certain things that shouldn't be a priority a priority, what happens when you say, I'm going to do all of these things, but somebody calls and says, girl, remember when you, were, you said you were going to do blah, blah, blah? Mm. Yeah. So then you take your notebook with all your dreams in it and you put it to the side and you ask her or him, what do you need? Okay, let's get this done. And then you put all of your energy and all of your time on top of everything else you have to do, including your regret for not putting yourself first. And you do all of that. And at the end of the day, they win and you're exhausted. Can I get a hallelujah? Amen. I know that's right. So here's the thing, what I want you to do as we go into the um, ending of this podcast episode. I want you to write down all it. I'm going to give you a little homework. Okay. I want you to write down all of your obligations, everything from doing laundry to taking out the trash to a report you have to do, whatever's in your life, whatever that is for you, including if you have to take care of other people. You know, if you're a caretaker, if you you are a mom, if you have toddlers, if you have teenagers, um, whatever your life is, just write it all down. Nobody's going to see it but you. And don't have any judgment of it. Don't have any emotion about it. Just write it down like you're writing out a grocery list. 
And the first thing I want you to do is the number one question to ask yourself is, is this for me? So if it's for you, you want to put um, a one by it. If it's because you're doing it for somebody else, I want you to put a two beside it, right? And then I want you to ask yourself, can this be outsourced, delegated, or is there a piece of technology that can do it for me? And if the answer to that is yes, I want you to put a number one by it, okay? So with all of your is this for me list, if it has a two by it, I want you to figure out a way to get it off of your list because it's not for you. Even if it's something that you want to do, I want you to take it off of that list, right? And then the second thing is, can this be outsourced, delegated, or is there a piece of technology that could take care of this? Then when you, when you, if it's, there's a number one by it, which means there's a yes, um, I want you to figure out how to do that, okay? If you have kids, is there a way that you can carpool with somebody else and do it every other day? Like, can you team up with other moms? Um, if you grocery shopping, is there a way that you can use a service for that? Um, laundry, if you have teenagers, can you teach your kids how to do, the, do their own laundry? <laughs> if you have to travel a lot, is there a way that you can hire a service to book your travel? You know, so... There are ways to get other things done that you can clear off your plate and it still get done. And even if it's somebody that you're like, I have to finish this project with them. I said I was going to do it. Guess what? You always can change your mind. You can always say, hey, Tina, you know, I, I know I was going to finish this project with you, but some other things came up. No explanation. Some other things came up and I'm going to have to um, finish whatever I'm doing. And then maybe you can find somebody else to take care of the rest of it. I really love working on this project. I'm so glad that you trusted me with your dream, but um, I can't wait to see what you create. So I just want you to know that X date is going to be my last date. Um, you know, if you want to hire me to do it, we can have that conversation, but I don't have time to, uh, I, I need, I have some other things I need to do. That's the conversation. Then that's it. You don't have to feel bad. You don't have to feel guilty. I know you will, but you know, what feels good is when you go back to your notebook with all your dreams and your goals for the year and you tackle them and you accomplish them. So they no longer become one day. I will. They become, in 90 days, this will happen. Okay? So listen. <laughs> Everything works out as it is supposed to. I'm going to, you know, we're going to act like the music is here. We're going to act like this is edited. <laughs> and we're going to act like it went to my editor and came back. We're just going to pretend. But here's the thing, like my daddy says, one monkey don't stop, no show. Not that my editors, you know, I'm not saying that. That's just one of them old folks' terms. Anyway, 
My daddy had all kinds of things he said. But I love you all. Don't forget to go to blackwomenamplified.com and check out our newly revamped website. Yes. And there's a button you can click to go to the store. Um, and there's a button button you can click that takes you directly to the podcast. So you can um, listen to old episodes that you missed. Please check out Icy Park's episode. When you hear her story, you'll be like, wow. You know, it's amazing because we are such a celebrity-driven culture that everybody wants to hear from a celebrity. But a celebrity only has one story. We all just have one story, our story. We have many different parts and many different moments. But typically when you watch shows, you hear the same story over and over and over again. And here's the thing. There are many incredible people out here that you never heard of. So I just invite you to be curious. You know, I just watched the documentary um, called American Symphony. It's on Netflix. I think I'm going to go back and watch it tonight. It is, it, it is literally, and I'm a document, I love documentaries. Like, I love hearing pe- people's stories. That's why I'm a storyteller. I love hearing people's stories because it's a whole nother podcast, but when That's how I learned how to be the woman that I am, by paying attention to other people's stories. Home of the conversation. We'll talk about that. My friends have been telling, Monica, you need to tell your stories. They need to know. Okay, 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 okay. James, this one's for you. (laughs) Dwayne, this one's for you. I hear hear you. The men in my life don't think I listen because I act like I don't listen, but I hear everything they say. Um, but, oh, John Baptiste, who used to be the band leader for Stephen Colbert, incredible musician. I love his music. He's from New Orleans. I know I'm saying it wrong, but, um, he put together this movie and it, uh, produced by Michelle and Barack Obama. They put out the best stuff. <laughs> it is like... From a, from a grown person's perspective, a grown black person's perspective, I love it. And um, it's called American Symphony, and it's about John Baptiste and his wife. And every, between a certain, I think it just covers maybe a year or two. But there was, it was incredible highs and incredible lows, that's all I'm going to say. But it's one of those things where you bit, sit back and say, wow, life be life and and um, I don't remember why. I'm having a queenager moment. That's my new term, queen, queenager. I heard that. Uh, I'm going to stop saying Gen X moment. It's my queenager moment because I really don't know why I started talking about the documentary. So I'm going to say goodbye. <laughs> and tell you all. Oh, I was telling you to go look at the um, website. www.blackwomenamplified.com and also I created a masterclass called self-love amplified and you know I put out the journal the self-love journal I took it off the market um because there were some typos and my aunt Christy told me that I can't have anything out there with typos so I took it off so that I can get it corrected and put it back up but I have a digital download but also I was like you know this is some personal work. So maybe I need to add a little extra support 
so that when people are going through the journal, they have look, they have more clarity about what to do in each section. Um, so I created an audio masterclass that is divided into six sections and I take you through each page of the journal. And here's the thing, you get the journal, you get the audio recordings, and then you get seven days of email access to me so that I can answer any of your questions. If you're like, what about this? Or what about that? Just email me and I will, re will respond. And of course, if you need a deeper conversation where you really want to get into it, you can just book a, a session with me and we can go through it and do all the things. But here's the thing. You can go to www.blackwomenamplified.com backslash masterclass and it will take you to give you more information about it. This is the perfect companion if you're going to do your new for your New Year's resolutions, your New Year goals, your 90 day goals, whatever process that you process that you go through. If you do an, a word of intention for the year, um, if you do a vision board, this is like the precursor. This is like the pre-work to all of that work because it's a great time now that things are slowing down. I know the holiday, holidays are going to be crazy, but it's things are slowing down, the winter's coming, you're going to be, you're going to be inside more than you outside. So it's a great time to do some self-reflection and uh, begin your self-discovery journey. Because this is the season of self-care and self-love is self-care and it is our superpower. So check it out, blackwomenamplified.com backslash masterclass. And um, once you purchase it, it's yours. You download it. You do the work. And sometimes I suggest to people you do it a couple of times a year. If things are really challenging. You can always revisit it. So take care, love and light. And I will see you, hear you, feel your power next week. Have an amazing day. Goodbye.